Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. My name's Anna Rothrock. I'm from Lewisburg, Tennessee, and I love downloading your podcasts and listening to it when I'm hiking or going for a run. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We've all heard of the stories of rejection. Like Michael Jordan not making his varsity basketball team his sophomore year, or James Dyson's famous 5,126 failures to make his now famous vacuum cleaner. Well, this gentleman knows rejection just the same. Before his series of unwanted rejections, he graduated from Dartmouth in 1925 and did some postgraduate work as well, but that really wasn't fulfilling him. As years passed, he never completed his doctorate, but instead became inspired to join the fight of World War II. Too old to be drafted, he drew posters for the Treasury Department and War Production Board, but desired more responsibility and had the yearning to do more, so he joined the U.S. Army in 1943. He was put in command of the Animation Department of the 1st Motion Picture Unit, which was created out of the Army Signal Corps. While he was there, he wrote pamphlets, propaganda posters, and films, and contributed to the famous Private Snafu cartoon series. One of his most significant military works, however, wasn't animated. It was called Your Job in Germany, and it was an orientation film for soldiers who would occupy Germany after the war was over. A German-American himself, he was assigned to write it a year before the Germans surrendered. He was sent to Europe during the war to screen the film in front of top generals for approval. He actually happened to be in Belgium in December 1944, when the Battle of the Bulge, which was, of course, Hitler's last big counteroffensive in Belgium, erupted. He was trapped 10 miles behind enemy lines. It took three days before he and his military police escort were rescued by British forces. He left the army in January 1946, having attained the rank of lieutenant colonel. He stayed in the filmmaking industry for a few years, even working on documentaries and shorts that actually earned Academy Awards. But he eventually switched to writing children's books. Have you figured out who this is yet? Well, maybe this will help. Some historians and archivists say that it was this event paired with the private snafu cartoons that had influenced this young man's career as an author and cartoonist. In these early cartoons, his style was quite different than the typical cartoon you might see in here in the mid-20th century. He used very limited vocabulary and rhyme, something quite noticeable in his later works. He took this experience and developed some new manuscripts. He felt the calling to pursue his career as an author and cartoonist and wrote his first official manuscript. He sent this manuscript to not one, two, or three different publishers. He sent it to 27 and was rejected by all of them. 
Now, it might not be the over 5,000 failures that Dyson experienced, but I would wager to think that the vast majority of the population would have given up after, I don't know, maybe one or two rejection letters. But this wasn't just anyone. This person was none other than Theodore Geisel. Still don't recognize his name? Okay, for those of you that still aren't sure, keep listening and I think you'll figure it out. After a 27th publisher rejected his first manuscript, he, as I think all of us can imagine, was feeling pretty low and dejected. Not only was this anger burning inside him, he wanted the manuscript to burn itself. So he grabbed the script, took a stroll down the sidewalks in New York City, heading towards his apartment, specifically his apartment incinerator. On Madison Avenue, however, he bumped into an old college buddy from Dartmouth. His buddy, Mike McClintock, immediately recognized Theodore and they began chatting about life, why he seemed a little downtrodden and what he was holding in his hand. Ironically, Theodore's buddy, Mike, that very morning he bumped into him, had started a job as an editor in the Vanguard Press children's section. Mike invited Theodore up to his office. He and his bosses, even the president himself of Vanguard, read the manuscript and within hours, the men signed a contract. How did he sign it, you ask? He signed it with his full name, not just Theodore Geisel, but Theodore Seuss Geisel. In 1937, Vanguard Press published and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, which launched the extraordinary literary career of none other than Theodore's pen name, you got it, Dr. Seuss. It's very likely that the 20 plus other publishers Geisel met with were maybe too experienced and consequently too stuck in their ways, scared to take risks, I guess, to bet on this kind of work so apart from typical works of his day. But because McClintock was new and of course a friend, would just so happen to be walking down the very street Dr. Seuss was, we have one of the most successful authors and cartoonists of all time. Call it what you want, a chance interaction, divine intervention, or just pure luck. Either way, Theodore Seuss Geisel said it best. If I had been going down the other side of Madison Avenue, I'd be in the dry cleaning business today. And really, who could ask for a life story more poetic than that of Dr. Seuss. This has been a Missing Chapter Short, your quick fix for one of history's forgotten stories in a busy world. Listen to more shorts as well as full-length episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast providers.